What's up, players? Welcome to episode number 48 of Ready Press Play, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday on your favorite podcast service, we'll be discussing the top news of the week, notable releases on all platforms, what we're playing, big topics of the industry, and the games we love. If you want to write anything to be read in the show, go to readyplaynetwork.com or hit us up on Twitter at ReadyPressPlay. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. I'm your host, Daniel Lima, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Louis Mencheka. You know, Dan, I've never been so excited to watch a three-hour-long commercial. <laughs> yes, yes, my friends. The the Game Awards 2020 has just happened. Uh, Louis and I have been uh, doing all sorts of predictions leading up to this. We, in fact, had two different episodes in which we made the Game Awards or topic of the show, going through different predictions. And today will be the third episode almost in a row that we're going to be doing that because we're going to be going through all of the results, all of the new announcements, and also tallying up the, the predictions that we made, seeing who got the most right. Louis, have you tallied up your results already? Yes, I have. Okay. I, I kind of did casually before, but I'm going to do it again as we go through it um, okay. so that we can, you know, follow along together and I can, you know, I can make sure that, that you're you're not cheating and then you can make sure that I'm not <laughs> cheating and all that stuff. But uh, I'm excited to do that nonetheless. The uh, I don't want to get too much into it. Yeah, let's just do some quick housekeeping here first. Um, we just recently added Ready Press Play to a new platform, basically. Uh, some of you might be familiar with TikTok. Some of you might be active on TikTok, might use the platform. I very much, Lewis, do not understand TikTok. I uh, I have a hard time with it. A lot of the humor goes over my head. I feel like it's one of those platforms that makes me feel old, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. this happened I, feel the like, first... I feel like Ready Press Play going on TikTok is kind of like, hello, fellow youths, kind of thing <laughs> going on. Yes, exactly. But you know, you got to be you got to be where the youth is. You got to be on the on the new hot thing. And uh, over the last over this year of 2020, I feel like TikTok in many ways is the new hot thing. The, the first time I felt this way actually was with Snapchat, by the way. Snapchat was the first app where I was like, I do not get this at all. Um, and now TikTok is, is just another one of those. But nonetheless... Uh, TikTok is basically like longer Vine is all it is. But, but whatever. <laughs> Anyways. Yes. But we're, we're getting really good help from, you know, my wife and now a uh, full-time uh, Ready Press Play host and, and social media manager. Um, <laughs> Le- Leah at Leah Lisi on, on all sorts of uh, social platforms out there. So uh, she's helping us out with the TikTok and what she's going to be doing is uh, she's going to be doing almost like a kind of like a ready press play light throughout the week. You can find little uh, like little news stories depending on what's happening. Uh, in fact, she's working on some uh, Game Awards related updates right now. So uh, just keep an eye out for that. It's just kind of we're, we're, we want to have it as a way to help people discover the brand and discover the podcast. Hopefully they'll 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 find us on TikTok and then they'll you know maybe check out the Twitter as well and check out the 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 podcast as well. Hopefully and so you can search for Ready Press Play on TikTok as well as on Twitter and uh, hopefully we'll be in other platforms as well in the future. But uh, that's it for we, now. So we yeah. we have our own Naomi Kyle. Yeah, basically, <laughs> and also. So, uh, we already booked her. She's going to be uh, re- returning to the podcast in February since we're booking oh, yeah. her now. We, yeah, we, our January is already full, by the way, so we couldn't we couldn't squeeze her in. So. You're were, you were basically <laughs> announcing a podcast presence, Lewis, as um, some studios announce games, by the way. It's like, <laughs> it's like way, way too far in advance, but we're yeah. going to get into that in a minute. So uh, we already said this last week, but it's just the other piece of housekeeping is that we're going to be dropping two special episodes on Christmas and New Year's. Louis and I actually just pre-recorded uh, one of those episodes, and those will not be traditional shows. So uh, today is basically the second to last traditional show you're going to be getting this year, and then you're going to be getting two DLC episodes during Christmas and New Year's, and then we're going to be coming back next year. Uh, but all of that said, Louis, let's get started with the 
topic of the show. Yeah, That's all right. right. We're going to get right into it. The Game Awards just happened. Jeff Keighley presented a fantastic commercial <laughs> slash, uh, um, slash they awards a, show. They, need a re they, re they really need to rename the show to the Game Announcements because I clocked it at 70-30, like 70% 70 announcements and reveals and world premieres and exclusives and, and, mm -hmm. and ad breaks and 30% like uh, game, award game awards and like presentations. And on top of that, there were like so like – uh, it was kind of insulting. Like it's one thing that do it during the pre-show, where you like you know run off like a, a couple of like announce uh, a, a winners back to back, but then during the actual show they did it on several different points during the show where they would mm -hmm. just run off like three categories at a time and not even like give an ex no one gives an accepting speech or anything like that. You know, um, I wonder what the decision process is like for them to determine which categories get to have their moment and which ones don't because. A lot of them, I think, actually make sense. It's like, you know, if, if you had to pick your, your top 10, because I think there's 30 categories. If you had to pick your top 10 uh, categories to give a moment to, it makes sense that they would do it with, you know, Game of the Year and Direction and, and a few others. But there's also a few weird omissions. Like, I personally found really weird that Best Score was one of the ones that they, they ran on the, on the pre-show. You know what I mean? Um, if anything, I almost feel like... It makes more sense to do all of the the genre specific ones, you know, if you're gonna do them separated from something. Maybe you do all the genre specific ones on the pre-show because you know supposedly those will have a a smaller audience that's interested in them because they only appeal to the audience of that genre versus something like game of the year or best audio or best art direction. Those are more of the big categories in my head where you know any game is eligible for. Um, mm. But you know, nonetheless, I I do wish like I really wish that they would have figured out a way that they could do this show where they can keep some of the the, the announcements that they want to do and some of the big, you know, hype moments like, like we did have this time, but then also run through all the awards. Like maybe, maybe it would require them to trim the amount of awards though, right? Like maybe mm. instead of doing, uh, you know, 30 categories, they could have, you know, even like 15, but like 15 categories. And then we actually have make a moment out of each one throughout the show. And then we maybe alternate, you know, we do a, two awards with like making a moment out of it. And then we do one new announcement. So we get like seven ish, seven, eight new announcements throughout the show. And they're like big things that people will be excited for. And then we got the 15 main categories or something akin to that. Um, so I got like two questions for you. Number one is yeah. the maximum, is the maximum length of an award show three hours or can we like push it to four? You know, the interesting thing is that I believe this one, um, had the longest, right? It, it might be, but I, what I was going to say is that if you count the pre-show, the pre-show actually started at 3.30 p.m. Pacific time. Um, so, Louis and I, we were kind of figuring out how we're going to be able to watch this while, you know, working and being at work. I actually ended up watching it while working for a good half of the show. Um, and then I watched kind of the, the final half or the final third, maybe, like not not working at all because I was I was done for the day. But we, we were – I was under the impression that they when they said we're starting at 4, that 4 p.m. meant – Okay, we're starting the, you know, the countdown and then the pre-show. And I was expecting the real show to start at 5. And instead, they had a pre-show from 3.30 to 4. And then at 4, they were already hitting the ground running. And they also did many different awards. And they also had some announcements in the pre-show that I would have expected to see in the main show. Which so, I never watched the pre-show, by the way. I missed that completely. Um, yeah, it was, also, I mean, like, it was not that big a deal. But, you know, like like I said, like Bass Score was one of the ones that they awarded in the pre-show. And I thought that was weird because to me, that's a big part of, of games. Um, especially when you think about like even how much the Game Awards values music, right? Where they have a whole, every year they have this whole orchestra performance of all of the, yeah, the games. Yeah, that's true. Like, 
game of the year soundtracks put together i thought it was weird that they didn't include that one but nonetheless um yeah about the time it's it's a weird question because i remember the the first time i watched the game awards um like the first time that jeff keeling went independent and did the first game awards i remember that one was really long um or felt really long at the time and i i was expecting it to be at most two hours and i think it ran for like two and a half or something this one if you include the pre-show was three and three and a half hours and it seems like they've gotten longer, but also I've somehow managed to accept oh. that more. <laughs> yeah, they felt they also felt faster because the pacing has actually gotten better. Like yes. they, they paced it better. But uh, that's my second. That's actually going to be my second question. My second question was, how do you feel like about about the show? Like, because my my first uh, my first gut reaction was the show is kind of boring to me. Like none of these announcements, like these world premieres, are like hype inducing for me. Like other than they started off strong with Smash, right? But mm-hmm. I feel like. They should have probably withheld Smash until the very end, just so that way they can have something. That way you can have something that you end on on a high note, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, you want to start with the bang as well, but like I feel like, uh, whether than Fortnite and uh, and Smash, that now those announcements, like these new game announcements, weren't really like you know, like oh my god, it's perfect dark, you know. Like I didn't yeah. really like you know seeing well, the initiative logo didn't really like make make my butterflies in my tummy kind of thing happen. So. You know, I take issue with cinematic trailers. Um, it could be just me though. I, I I'm just jaded by it right like we've been uh we've seen so many of those uh by this point and we're so used to the whole like oh we see a cool ass cinematic trailer for for some new game that's in development it's like oh that looks really cool but you don't even see any gameplay for it for the next two years and then the game is supposed to come out a year after that and then it gets delayed for another year so it's like (laughs) so cinematic trailers to me at this point like after watching so many e3s and award shows and all this other stuff for the last 10 years I kind of don't care for them anymore. It's it's very hard for them to get me really excited about something. It would have to be... I would only get really excited if it was a cinematic trailer for one of my favorite games of all time, right? Like a, like a sequel to one of my favorite games of all time. That, that yeah. could get me very so excited. Cinem- but otherwise, it's like, cool. So, yes. so cinematic trailers don't work on new IPs because there was a lot of new IP de- debuts and I was like, okay... Mm-hmm. um like vin diesel starring in a game okay. oh dude that was such a crazy <laughs> thing by the way i i kept like you know it, the, the trailer started and then i'm looking at it trying to figure out what's going on at first i'm like oh maybe is this like some hellblade related thing because you know the, the i thought it was kinda... uh i thought it was some uh uh um, horizon yes you know, forbidden west thing so you know, we're trying to figure out what it was and, th- and then i was looking i was like wait is that vin diesel <laughs> and then from that point on i was like okay they had you have my full attention now at vin diesel so i'm like trying to figure out what this is and the trailer is really weird and just kind of keeps on going. It's almost kind of long, actually. And and the I felt like the the quality of the the cinematic was also not that great. It wasn't bad. It was just like this. It felt a little more double A than triple A, in my opinion. <laughs> um, so I'm like figuring out what kind of like double A game is this that like put like spent out their budget to put Vin Diesel in probably. Um, <laughs> and and I'm just like really weirded out by it. And there was a moment where I was like. I was even thinking, is this a joke? Like, is this... And I'm not criticizing the game, but I was, you know how the Game Awards, sometimes they like to do those things where there's, like, kind of, like, a joke trailer that turns into something else? So I, I, I was thinking, like, is this some crazy, like, you know, is Aloy going to show up and suddenly this turns into Horizon? And, like, they, like, the world opens up and it turns out that it was all, like, <laughs> you know, it's just some just some joke leading up to it or something. And, and no, it's... Uh, so this is Arc 2. Uh, Ark is a big established game that has, you know, a huge player base that I have never played or even come close to, but I know there's a huge player base out there. There's probably a lot of people that are excited. There's probably a lot of people that don't know Ark, but that, you know, Vin Diesel grabbed their attention. So it, yeah, that was, that was an interesting moment that, that was actually one of the, one of the cool moments in my opinion, just, just because of how 
you know, <laughs> how, how much I didn't know how to feel about it <laughs> through all of it. And I was like, what the heck are we, what the heck are we looking at? And talking about length, length again, like some of those trailers just like, they're too long. They you know, dragged on, yeah. There was this uh, MMO that they showed. I think it was like the, like it was like a 3D MMO from South Korea or something. And the trailer just kept on going and going and going. And I'm like, okay, we get the idea. We know what this kind of game is. Like, we can move on. Um, and so it's like, I feel like I, I, I kind of went into some tangents, but I did like the show. I do think the pacing was really good. Um, it, it can always get better, but I think it's probably the best that it's ever been. I did not feel really bored while watching it. In fact, I was kind of surprised. Like, time kind of flew, flew by while I was watching it. Maybe it's because I was working too, so I kind of had that. You know, it was it was kind of like this... Uh, divided attention between the show and, and the work, but I felt like, um, you know, there was always something going on and, and we were like moving relatively quickly with the exception of a few of these trailers that I talked about. Um, so I ultimately like the show. I still feel my criticism of the Gilmore Rides is the, is the same it's been for a few years now, where I if we, if we want to do this as a um, as an announcement show, if we want to do this as an A3, I, I really wish that, you know, we would keep it to the best announcements and yeah. then focus on the awards and, so, and yeah, not see out, as yeah. much stuff as we do. Cut out the like the non-hype announcements or whatever. Be like, oh, thank you, but you know this isn't good and this isn't like you know A tier like S tier announcements, you yes. know, that kind of thing. My guess yeah. is that a lot of the announcements that we think are not like A tier are the ones that are actually paying for the show, though. Are the ones that are paying <laughs> like, for the slot to be there. there. There are genuinely only three announcements that really like had my attention and had my like eyes glued to the screen, and that Joseph was Joseph new game. Yeah, Smash Joseph Ferris and, uh, and and Fortnite. That's it. Yeah. Everything else, it was more like I was only tuning in or keeping my attention because I was I felt obligated to watch it because they were we're doing the podcast. But mm-hmm. otherwise, it was just it kind of felt like basically this is just all a big marketing blitz. And I feel like mm-hmm. they like I'm not like, I'm saying this kind of facetiously, but like it really needs to be called the game announcements featuring game awards. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like that's basically what it is. I mean, like the proportion is wrong, and also like the parts that was really had me like captivated and really had me glued to the to the screen was the like you know some of the acceptance speeches um whenever mm-hmm. they did like the 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 symphony playing the mario medley and stuff i had i got a little teary eyed you know mm-hmm. uh there was the part where like even like the the emotional performance whenever they had a uh, um the guy that uh oh, damn i forgot his name uh I, I i confuse him with creed but it's not creed because they sound the same uh the guy that did the the future Future Sons, I guess, is that the name of the song from The Last of Us Part Two? That was yes, a very yes. like intimate, it's, like an it's, intimate uh, The band is uh, Pearl Jam. Pearl yeah. Jam, yeah, that's right. I was like, yeah, damn, it was yeah, I'm having a brain fart. But anyways, yeah, <laughs> the lead singer from Pearl Jam was uh, was doing his thing, and it was it was felt like a very like intimate performance, and mm-hmm. and it was really good. Like I I like those are the cool moments. Those like that's the things that yeah. makes award shows good. I love so. the mu- yeah I love the music performances. There's actually a lot of people that don't actually. I've seen the commentary that like some people are like, oh, I could have done without the the music performances, and I agree with you. Where like some of my favorite, those are some of my favorite moments. And it was also funny. Like towards the end, we got the you know they always do this medley, or they've done it for a few years at least. This medley of all of the the theme songs from all the Game of the Year nominees. And uh, I was watching it with Leah, and they're going through like all these like epic violent games like. You know, The Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima and Doom and Animal Crossing. And 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 these like, how are they gonna go from this to Animal Crossing? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, let's let let's see what happens. And I I actually predicted it right where I I said I think they're gonna leave it for last, and I think Hades is gonna be the the bridge. 
where they're gonna go like they're <laughs> gonna go through down all the little, yeah. yeah like all the crazy realistic violent games and then and then here's hades which is like a little bit more cartoony and, and different and then that's gonna go into animal crossing and they also managed to make that animal crossing theme song sound so epic by the way where <laughs> like it really fit in because it's like we've listened to that theme so so many times by now and it's so um you know kind of simple and it's just a little jingle but th- with the orchestra playing it like it really made made it a, a big moment yeah. Yeah. And also, by the way, I just got I got uh, when I said I get teary died or whatever. There was a there was this one acceptance speech where like the first time, uh, Inner Sloth won for Among Us, and like just like when that girl was crying when she was doing the acceptance speech, it really like just hit me like, and I was all I felt very very empathetic towards their their situation, and I feel like yeah, uh, there could have been more moments like that if had more uh, had mm-hmm. more people had the 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 time of day to even accept an award. So that's just kind of. Also, it just kind of sucks that they had, like, Ralph Macchio present fighting game uh, and, like, fucking Ed Boon didn't show up to accept for Mortal Kombat 11. That's so that's so crazy mm-hmm. um, because they did the whole thing where, like, they were presenting it and stuff. Like, if if you were, if Ed Boon wasn't going to be available to accept the award in the first place, they should have just ra- ran off, like, the awards, like, you know, and given, given like, had Ralph Macchio present a different award that where somebody would actually show up for their mm-hmm. acceptance speech. You know, that's kind of like uh, a little bit of a, a missed opportunity in my book. I actually think I must have gone to the bathroom in that moment or something because I didn't, I didn't, did nobody accept the, the award for Mortal Kombat 11? Nope. They were just like, and like they, you know, like they did the thing where like they went to the Zoom call, like the Skype. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. They did that thing where they're, they're supposed to be there and then you have like the, uh, the nominees like on those five screens or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, at the same time. So like, you know, like seeing their live reaction and then cutting to the winner. Well, they were, they were basically doing that with Ralph Macchio. They were like, and from Netflix's uh, Cobra Kai, we have Ralph Macchio and so and so. And then they're, I saw the together. moment leading up to it but somehow i missed I, in my head it was like somebody accepted that award somehow i missed that he wasn't yeah. there i must have gone off like right at that moment for some reason I, yeah. I was trying to put out some fires at work at the same time too and so, so like they just like he they just said the award and he's like all right congratulations mortal kombat 11 jeff Keeley was like that and then just moved on like what the hell like it just mm-hmm. yeah like i said uh missed opportunities and 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 if they're like i said if these if he's not if he's if he's whatever for whatever reason he's not available then fine whatever just on that note spend i, time I have with to say else. too though with the exception of that moment, I'm guessing, like, really, I thought the show was really well presented considering the fact that they couldn't do a traditional live show in a theater like they typically do it. Like, they, Jeff Keighley was in a location. He had some, a few other people, like Troy Baker and a few others that were in the location with him. And they were able to get all these people to get connected in through Zoom, like, for the acceptance speeches and everything. And... I don't know. Everything felt like it flowed very smoothly. There, there seemed to be almost no like technical difficulties. I'm or surprised like that. So, by that. By the way, I'm surprised yeah, how too. like there were like there was only like one technical hip hiccup when Brie Larson was presenting. She her first couple of like words were like skipping and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But after that, like it settled down. Like there wasn't like any like situations where like you they, he was talking and like hello, uh, hey, I'm sorry, we got the cutaway. We haven't. We'll, we'll sh- uh, she'll be back or whatever. You know that kind of stuff. Like there wasn't mm-hmm. anything like that. And I'm thinking like, damn. This is uh, the the amount of planning that had to go into doing this show must have yeah. been uh, a Herculean task that no that the Game Awards have never faced before. So, so from just a production props perspective, that, yeah. props completely is like I think that I don't. There's barely no way that they could have done it better from from that standpoint. And, and the other piece of criticism too is like you know you mentioned Brie Larson and we always get all these actors coming in and presenting these awards and <laughs> I understand why we do it you know that that helps bring eyes to the screen you know Brie Larson is probably tweeting about the fact that she's in the Game Awards and there's a huge audience that's now either tuning in or that you know will will learn about it that didn't know about it before and uh, some of these actors that they're trying to get they're actually you know they, they had either a play Gal Gadot, or, uh John David Washington and yeah yes. Like, uh, yeah. 
but Sorry. but I can't help but feel like no. My, my point is just I I understand what they're doing, but I can't help but feel like man, I wish we were using these moments to elevate some more developers. You know, uh, give us um, give us Corey Barlog who who won awards in 2018 for God of War to give out an award to you know Neil Druckmann or one of the other people that are that are winning it. I I, I really wish we'd see more of those people instead of the you know because because we have our own celebrities too, and uh, I think they need to be celebrated too. And there's people that maybe are not celebrities, but that deserve the spotlight anyway so to become um, elevated yeah that's true that is that is 100 true like usually like when it comes to the oscars like you know last year's um actor winner would present this year's like like you know um, exactly so like that kind of stuff so it's 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 within the industry so you know having having john david washington you know who has nothing to do with games at least as as of present you know him presenting an award is kind of like it's it's like it's as if you know it's like the Oscars asking like an, a Grammy award-winning a recording artist like Taylor Swift to come and present right. an award, you know? Yeah. Which I don't know. Maybe they do that too. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's run through the awards, Lewis, and and tally up our points here. So uh, let's start start it big. At least I the list that I have here right now starts with Game of the Year. Wait, wait. Before we, we uh, before we do yes. that, I just wanted to say that. Um, I have my strategy about like trying to play the field and try to like uh, <laughs> award more more stuff to like more more games didn't quite pan out for me and it looks mm-hmm. like your strategy of just giving everything to The Last of Us seems to have worked <laughs> out for you. Yes, yes, it did. So um, let's let's go through it all. So yeah, The Last of Us Part Two was the big winner of the night. If we include the award for Laura Bailey, uh, they won seven awards. There were a few other games that won two, like I believe uh, Final Fantasy VII won two, Hades won two, um, and then a bunch of Among games us. won one award. Among Us um, won two. Among Us won two as well. Good call. Um, but let's start out with Game of the Year, Naughty Dog, Last of Us Part Two. That was my prediction. So that's one point for Dan. One point and for Lewis. Did you also predict that, Lewis? Yes. Okay, so you're gonna have to remind me of her predictions because I don't remember them. Okay, I got it. So, I got it in front of me. So for game direction, we got The Last of Us Part Two again. That was my vote as well. Mm-hmm. What was your vote? FF Seven. All right, didn't get that one. Most anticipated game. I don't think we voted on that category, but it was Elden Ring, which very weird. Like Elden Ring is the game that's being developed by uh, that's being written by George R. R. Martin, the writer of Game of Thrones. But with the other options being Halo Infinite, Horizon Two, God of War, Ragnarok, Resident Evil Village, and Breath of the Wild Two, that would have been my last guess <laughs> for who would have won the uh, most anticipated game. But yeah, because with Elden Ring we have zero footage to go off of. At least with those we have something, some kind of visual to yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's almost like most unknown game. <laughs> um, now for best narrative, that was The Last of Us Part Two again. So that's one point for me again. Uh, Art direction goes to Tsushima. Here's where I think we were both stumped. I got Ori. Yeah, Yeah. we both did Ori. Uh, Score and music, I voted for Ori, but the winner was Final Fantasy VII Remake. I voted for Doom. Alright, so zero for both of us there. Uh, Audio design, The Last of Us Part Two. That was definitely not my vote. Voted for Doom. Then performance, Laura Bailey as Abby. We both get that point. Yep. I'm writing them down as I as I go through them. By the way, uh, games for impact. Tell me why was the winner? Was that your vote? Nope, I got if found. Yep, I uh, I didn't get that one either. Best ongoing game. One of the most surprising awards in my opinion. No Man's Sky. Yeah. Now I know that No Man's Sky has done. You know they had their turnaround story and they've been doing a good job at you know maintaining the game and releasing new updates. They had some big updates coming out this year as well. But against Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Warzone, and Fortnite, <laughs> Fortnite especially, 
you know, I I was very shocked that they won. And I actually think the guy, Sean Murray, who was, was the director surprised. For the game, was surprised as well. He looked like he did he didn't even play in the speech. <laughs> yeah, he said he said I was like, Yeah, and the Twitch voters even said Fortnite. You don't go against the Twitch voters. Or was that it might have been yeah. yeah. So yeah, he did say something along those lines. So like that was that one was very shocking to me. And it, the interesting thing too though is to think about like what a turnaround for Sean Murray because he was one of the most hated game developers out there a few years ago. You know yeah, I remember I mean? that. And, I know, giving those uh, those fake interviews, giving fake answers and stuff, and smiling, lying, <laughs> and now it's like, oh yeah, Sean Murray, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, good for him, right? I mean, they, 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 I guess they fix stuff eventually. But uh, now, best indie game was Hades. That was my vote. Was that mm-hmm. your vote as well? Yep. Right. Then uh, debut indie game, Phasmophobia. I have Carry On. You see, I said Phasmophobia. Nice. Looks like I'm ahead, Lewis. Looks like I'm significantly. Oh, here, yeah, you definitely won this one, by the way. I'm at uh, I'm at six right now, and you're at three so far. Uh, best mobile game, Among Us. I said Genshin Impact. So did I. Which, uh, by the way, you were you were you were upset about Among Us getting nominated to uh to a few categories when uh, it came out uh, two years ago, and it actually won uh the two categories that it was nominated for. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Community support, Fall Guys. Which one did uh, you say for that one? I put Fortnite. Right, I got that one wrong too. Best VR game, Half Life. Yeah, I uh, I actually initially stated Iron Man, but when we were talking about it during the predictions, I actually changed my predictions to match yours because you gave me this point. So <laughs> I have Half Life as well. All right, accessibility is the Last, the of, last us. of Us. We both got that, I believe. Yep. Then action game was Hades. I got that. I got that too. Action adventure game, The Last of Us Part Two. This is where I got it because you know my strategy, and you probably didn't. <laughs> Miles, I put Miles Morales, which surprisingly Miles Morales won zero awards. It wasn't nominated for a lot of stuff. True, I think. true. Then uh, best RPG was uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's what I got. Me too. Almost all the ones that you got, I got too. That's yeah. That's, a, that's your problem. A fighting game, Mortal Kombat Eleven. Yep, we both got that. We both got that. We both got then, the best family game as well. Family game, Animal Crossing New Horizons, yep. and we both got that. I uh, beat you in a category. Tra- fine, I finally beat you in a category. I, I, yes. got, I got Flight Simulator on you. So we got Flight Simulator was the winner for the best sim slash strategy game, which is kind of a weird category when you think about it, because all the other four games are like um, tactics uh, strategy games, and then Flight Simulator is just like like a flighting sim. Uh, but it's just the way it looks like all these games need to go somewhere. So it makes sense to put them together here, I guess. Um, but yeah, I thought that, see, my guess is that the people that would be voting on this category would be people that are actually playing, you know, these tactical games. So I thought one of them was going to win, but you know, I was wrong. So yeah, you beat me there. Uh, sports game was, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2. We both got that. We both got that. Best multiplayer game was Among Us. And I got that wrong. I got that one right because... Uh, I, I, ch- I initially uh, threw out Fall Guys and then uh, and then I changed it mid like while discussing it to Among Us when I was like, you know what, Among Us is gonna uh, eat Fall Guys as lunch, so they're gonna also eat their reward as well. You're having you're potentially having a little bit of a comeback here, but let's uh, see what happens. Content nope. creator of the year, Valkyrie was the winner. And we both I... put Alana Pierce, I believe. Yeah, so we both didn't get that. Um, and then we got into all the esports stuff. Did you actually vote we on any of those? I can't remember. We did not vote on any of the esports stuff. Uh, the only one we did was esports game, and we both picked leagues, so we both got that right. All right. I I had uh, I had notes for all the other ones, but I think we didn't go through it in the podcast. But I got I got some of them right and some of them wrong because I just voted on the league people for everything, and league kind of kind of cleaned up in the category. Yeah. But 
Um, all right, so let, let me tell you. So I got game I of got, the year. I got different. 13 out of 25. All right. So I a got over half, one, two, a little three, over 50. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I got nice. 15 out of the 25. So just just two points more. It, was, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. But uh, now let's get into the, the announcements that we predicted. So uh, my four announcement predictions were that we're going to see a release date for Ratchet & Clank. Wrong. That we're going to see that The Last of Us 2 standalone online game or the factions mode or whatever. We're going to see that. We didn't. Uh, Keanu Reeves was going to present something, which he did. So I got that one point. I think an, e- an easy point there. Uh, and then we're going to get the first look at Bethesda Starfield. That was wrong. So if I just add that one point to my 15 points of the predictions, that would put me at 16 if we're just grouping them together because why not? Uh, and then for your predictions, you predicted a Breath of the Wild 2 re-review, which I thought was a shoe in but we didn't get that at all. No Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, you predicted this mesh character would be revealed, which, which you were right. So one which point Which I got there. it right first before the even the game awards started because Nintendo tweeted about it, which I really genuinely hated. I really yeah. kind of wish that Nintendo would have just simply like not tweeted about it, so that way we would have just been like blindsided by uh, a Smash reveal. But whatever. Do you think where do where do you think the decision comes from? Because I could see Jeff Keighley being like, "Yo, Nintendo, can you tweet about this?" So that we get, we get everybody more who's a Smash fan yeah. to, you know, tune into the Game Awards. Yeah, I can I can see that there's going to be more viewership that way. And Nintendo also wants to, wants to has ran, ran ads during the Game of, Game Awards as well, so they want mm-hmm. the Game Awards to have as much viewership as possible as well. So I can I get the, the 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 business realities behind that decision, but I also am starting to like feel like we're in a we're living in this crazy world where you make announcements to announcements and stuff. Like we're we're announcing right now that we're going to announce later today. Right. You know, so, you know, so it's like, you know, I just want to get to that third. I just want, I can't wait to see that first, that first time when we're going to get like an announcement to an announcement to an announcement kind of thing. <laughs> so, but anyways. Yeah. Um, your other two predictions, one of them that didn't pan out was Kojima really revealing his new project, which was actually my prediction that I gave to you. And it was a bad one anyway. So <laughs> you didn't get any point there, but you did correctly predict that Master Chief was going to be added to Fortnite and that we're going to get a new Fortnite trailer. However, you thought it was going to be a, there was going to be some Christmas event or something like that going on, and we didn't get any of that. But I'll still give you the point because I think the Master Chief, and you even said that during the podcast, that was the biggest part of the prediction. So you got two out of four for your, you know, announcement predictions. Well, I got one out of four. So you beat me there. I beat you on the on the awards. But in the Q, we... the total cumulative thing, you beat me by one point. Exactly. So it was pretty pretty close race, yeah. I'd say. So pretty 15 to race. 16. But by the way, I just want to say... Every time we've ever done one of these, like both on like our like a previously failed podcast as well as the, on this show, every time we've ever done predictions, I've always been besting you. <laughs> now <laughs> this is the first time where you uh, you took you take the the championship title this time. Well, I'll take that, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking around. All right, so uh, I sent you uh, an IGN article on WhatsApp, Louis. By the way, if you want to open yes, that up, I saw it. Um, I, I pulled it up. Cool. Yeah. So let's just kind of run through the announcements and then give shout outs where we, where we think they're deserved. Uh, so we got let's do the uh, first one. Let's just do the first big major announcements because didn't the Game Awards open with the Smash reveal? It did. It did. Okay. So, well, okay. Well, what I wanted to say is that there was the pre-show too. So like there, there, were, there were a few like small announcements in the pre-show, not too much that, uh, that appealed to me. But the one that I actually thought was very interesting was that uh, Sea of Solitude is coming to the Nintendo Switch. But the thing that's interesting about this, I played that game earlier in the year, by the way. It was one of the games that I 
played and beat in, in 2020. Um, and it was one of those games where my criticism was like, oh, it's this interesting, like artsy kind of action adventure sort of sort of game. But they they're telling a story. It's about you know um, depression and, and all these other you know mental issues and, and problems that people go through and trauma and etc. And I thought it was a very interesting little indie game, but that I was taken out of it because the voice acting sounded just kind of off. And and the interesting thing with this is that it's coming to the Nintendo Switch, but in a director's cut type kind of version. And Quantic Dreams logo showed up on the on the trailer for this version of the game. They were not involved with the game before at all. So it seems like Quantic Dream might have helped port this game to the Switch and work on this new version. And then the voice acting sounded better in the trailer. In fact, it sounded like they maybe redid the voice acting for the game. So yeah. I'm pretty curious to see. I'm actually considering getting this game again on the Switch to see how much they actually changed. Or at least watching a playthrough of the game or something to see how much the Switch version is actually changed. Uh, but nonetheless, on the main show, we started strong with the announcement of Sephiroth from Final Fantasy uh, series, Final Fantasy VII, coming to Smash Bros. Ultimate as a new fighter. As a new fighter, what do you think of that? I'm gonna like go against the grain because I don't know what I don't know what Twitter's reaction was. I don't know if how people if people are hyped or not. But I'm gonna like sort of poo poo this one. Like <laughs> I am like I know who Sephiroth is. I know how iconic. I know how big a deal he is. Mm-hmm. I am not like discounting anything in regards to that, but we already have a Final Fantasy VII uh, rep in Cloud. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you need a double dip because, okay, first off, if you're working with Square Enix, you don't go for Sephiroth. You go for either Geno or you go for Sora from Kingdom Hearts. All right. Those would have been way more fan pleasing, in my opinion. And I feel like he's just taking up a slot. You know, like it's just like that's just one less opportunity for either of those two characters to have their moment to shine. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I still have to also see what the general Twitter reaction is. But when I saw this announcement, I was like, oh, this is going to be huge. I was like, this is going to be like one of the biggest, um, like fighter pass characters that they, that they've put in. Because I think Final Fantasy fans, there's, there's a lot of Final Fantasy fans out there. And I think that I, I almost disagree with you because I feel like Gino, like, I feel like Gino is a character that, you know, the only people that 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 seem to care are like hardcore Smash fans. But uh, I don't think Mario RPG well, fans, I was going to say. But yeah, I, I just I don't think it's like that relevant of a character, especially in 2020. And I think Sephiroth, especially with Final Fantasy VII Remake and being a game of the year contender, they got they got the main villain from a game of the year contender in the game um, in the in the year that the, the remake came out. So I feel like. I feel like it would it would have been harder to go bigger than this, um, in my opinion. But like, unless you know, I feel like the only characters that would have been bigger than this would have been think people like Master Chief or Crash Bandicoot. Of course, there's a bunch out there, but I I, I don't see it as a as a small or like a I know you didn't call it small, but I don't I don't I don't see it as a as like a weak uh, character announcement. No, I, I don't think. See it as... I mean, I know I know his icon status. You know what I mean? Like I know mm. like you know he's got. You know, the YouTubers have made songs about him, you know, like the one winged angel and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I am genuinely like not throwing that aside. I'm just, I'm just like not hyped for it though. You know what I mean? Like just, it's, right. uh, uh, it's not a character that you personally care about, which is yeah. true for me too, by the way. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, so like I, totally I would, I would, I would totally want to pick Dante from Devil May Cry over, over Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's like he's gonna. Of course, if you're gonna like make a short list, he's gonna be on the short list. But he's gonna be at the bottom of that short list. You know what I mean? Like I think mm-hmm. we got like we had like a total of four slots left, and he's taking up one of those four. So there's there's less opportunity for or less likelihood for 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 Crash, for Spyro, for Master Chief, for right. uh, uh for Dante, and 
You know, you can just pretty much like a Gino, uh, Goku. Yeah, yeah Goku. <laughs> yeah, like you're you're like your limit that 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 the the likelihood becomes less. And I think that mm-hmm. for me, we already have Final Fantasy VII cross Smash. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we don't need to do it again. You know, if we're gonna do Square Enix, you go to another Square Enix property. You don't, you know, you don't double. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I understand that. Uh, we got a cinematic trailer for the new Perfect Dark reviewed, which is coming from the Initiative Studio. We uh, we have speculated. It's funny that we didn't predict anything like this this time because if I, we have speculated over the Initiative announcing their new game. This is, of course, Xbox's new studio in Santa Monica. They they opened the studio, I think, maybe one between one to two years ago. And um, it's supposed to be this quadruple A new Xbox studio. It's supposed to be the, the like Xbox's Naughty Dog. That's what they're building that studio to to be. Uh, and they announced they're basically reboot of the of the Perfect Dark franchise today, uh, featuring some cool first person Echo sci fi visuals. Um, the developers confirmed confirm the game is still early in development. This falls into the category where it's like, well, cinematic trailer game probably weighs <laughs> out. Like this game is probably not coming out for another three or four years, so I am not. You know, it's not like I'm excited about it. I'm also never played any Perfect Dark in the past. I didn't even know what they were about, to be completely completely honest. But I Just know that. Just wanted to throw out that Level One Gaming did a report like three or four months ago on the website that the room, rumor has it that the initiative is working on the Perfect Dark uh, mm-hmm. uh, reboot, whatever. So it was never officially confirmed. We reported on it and spe- and speculated about it. So hashtag we were right. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I, f- I feel like that was one of the hype moments probably off the show, even though, you know, once again, it doesn't necessarily appeal to me, but I, I see it as something that people will be very excited about. That's the kind of announcement that I think deserves to be there. You know, like the perfect dark, the the smash announcement. Uh, and then I'm, I'm actually going to give it to this next one, too. This was one of my personal favorites, which is uh, the creators of Left 4 Dead Turtle Rock announced Back 4 Blood written in a similar way with a four in the middle as Left 4 Dead, a first-person zombie shooter with co-op. It's launching in June 2021. Uh, and also, this game has an alpha, actually, uh, coming up. I think next it's an week. open alpha over the next few weeks. So this, yeah. I, I saw this, and I was like, dude, this looks dope. It's an, it's an, it's, it's a, it's a it, spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead, is my understanding yes. of it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so glad that we play Left 4 Dead together during uh, this October, because now, you know, you, you know what the game is like, and, and you know what the idea is. And, and this is very much Left 4 Dead, but just better right yeah, like, obviously i don't crazy, know that yet, but... crazier like resident evil ass zombies that are like you know that can like stretch their limbs out or be very yes. freakishly tall and jump and hop around and stuff so yeah. way more involved ai that you're going to be instead of just like you know a rushing horde of zombies yes uh, so it just looks you know much kind of... better visually too yeah um, that's true yeah and just it just looked hype you know what's kind of crazy is that like back for blood and it's got like the number four in the logo at the middle. Like when I saw it, whenever the camera was zooming out and stuff, and you got that back for blood thing going on, I was thinking that it was like the fourth game in a series that I never heard about. I was like, huh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like the whole left four dead and back four blood. You know that kind yep. of it kind of sort of like you know it checks out. Although there should have been a left for dead three just to really help that number four really make more sense. But you know whatever. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start rattling off. Uh, rattling off the the next uh, few announcements and then uh, if there's anything that you want to talk about feel free to interrupt me Lewis. Uh, but otherwise i'm just going to go through until i find i get to something that i want to talk about but hood outlaws and legends release date announced uh it's coming out on ps4 xbox one ps5 xbox series x and pc on may 10th uh scavengers open closed beta 
is available for forza versus cyberpunk 2077 crossover so there's uh forza horizon 4 is getting a cyberpunk 2077 vehicle the Callisto Protocol announced from the creator of Dead Space, Glenn Schofield, comes a new sci-fi horror game called The Callisto Protocol. It's coming on 2022 for Series X, PS5, and PC. I just thought this game looked pretty cool. So It's a little pretty logo. Also, yeah. just wanted to say that uh, uh, having a Game Awards announce a game for 2022 is just kind of like, come on. <laughs> come <laughs> yeah, on. a little too far is off, right? Yeah. Um, Warha- Warhammer 40,000 Tide gameplay revealed. Open Roads announced. Disco Elysium Final Cut announced. Uh, there was a new look at Dragon Age 4. Bioware finally gave us a sneak peek at Dragon Age 4. Uh, it looks to confirm the return of some favorite fan-favorite characters. Endless so, Dungeon. Dragon Go Age 4, uh, I remember Dragon Age Inquisition winning like a Game of the Year back uh, a couple yes. of years ago. So uh, I wonder how Bioware is going to be able to pull this off because isn't isn't Bioware like, you know, they're trying to reboot or relaunch like a 2.0 of Anthem. And then on top of that, they're tr- they're also, they are announced later on in the show like that there's going to be a new Mass Effect. So it's like, how many plates are they going to be spinning at once when trying to do these, take on these undertakings? I am an EA employee, so I got to give that as a disclaimer before I comment on anything related to this story. I don't know too much about Bioware specifically and how they operate and exactly everything that they're doing right now. But I will say that they are not just one team, that they they have multiple teams. In fact, they have two different locations. Uh, And I believe that there's one location that's now focused on the Anthem um you know anthem next or whatever it's called i, I actually don't know like the, the the anthem updates uh and there's another location that's focusing on um drag th- this new dragon age and i don't know which one is working on mass effect but i i think it's just different teams actually mm. that are working on these different games uh but i agree with you a lot lot going on in terms of uh what bioware seems to be working on right now uh, we got Endless Dungeon announced um, a new roguelike tactical game and spiritual successor to Endless. Uh, we got the first gameplay trailer for Crimson Desert. That was the game that I think I said that I just thought this, this trailer just kept going. It was a 5 minute, 27 second trailer, <laughs> which that's a little too much for the Game Awards. Overcooked gets a new chef, Swedish chef from the Muppets. Um, that's the kind of announcement that I'm, I don't I don't even know why it's there. It took I so just, much time too with the say... Muppets moment. I just wanted to say, uh, last year's like big steal, uh, like stealing of the show was the Muppets on stage and stuff like that, where they just kind of like really stole the show with the whole like uh, entitled Goose Game segment. Yes. And, like I feel like whenever like uh, the, the Swedish Chef showed up, I feel like they were trying to recapture that, but they were just missing that that extra. Yes. Um, those good moments and stuff. And I don't know, maybe it doesn't work on a, on a, on a, on a Zoom call, I guess, or it was just maybe because they were just it was just the one you know, one man act, you know, there weren't two Muppets. It was just one Muppet. So I don't right. know. But yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, stunning indie game season revealed this actually, I thought looked really cool. So an indie game coming from scavenger studios and featuring some studio Ghibli like visuals called season was announced for the PlayStation five. Um, this, I thought was one of the prettiest art styles that I, that I saw in the, in the whole show. So um excited for that. Call of Duty Black Ops Warzone gets a season one trailer. I was surprised that it's getting a season one. <laughs> The game's been been out for a while, but I'm guessing everything up to now was season zero. <laughs> Arc two was announced. We already talked about that. It's the game that's featuring Vin Diesel. Uh, there's also an Arc animated series that they, t- they talked about. Fall Guys got a season three trailer. It's gonna be all uh, themed around winter stuff hmm. for the holidays. Outriders announced from Square Enix and People Can Fly, a three-player co-op shooter set in a desperate sci-fi universe. We got an Evil Dead game announced. I also thought that was potentially one of the big reviews. The trailer looked pretty cool. Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection announced for the Nintendo Switch, coming out on February 25, 2021. We got a new look at Returnal, which is a PlayStation um, 
like a PlayStation 5 exclusive, I believe, by Housemark Studios. They're the creators of Resogun. By the way, I just wanted to go back one. Like, for, I wonder if the Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection is if it's like a, uh, a like a full on remake of like the NES or some Super Nintendo game. Like, you know, just trying to know. recreate them, or like you know, like beat for beat, or if it's like a a new entry in the franchise where it's like you know, it's its own thing, kind of like Crash Four kind of thing. Yes. Or, or the new I assume it toads. was a new entry in the franchise, more of like kind of like a reboot, reimagining of the game, but um but we'll see. We got a first gameplay trailer reviewed for It Takes Two. And uh once Ooh. again, this is an EA original disclaimer. I'm an EA employee. I'm so hyped for this. I just you know, this this year was kind of Joseph Ferris hype year for I think the both of us. You know, we did we played his two previous games <laughs> and we did two spoiler casts about them, Brothers of Tale of Two Sons and a Way Out. And, uh, and he was I just part of Summer Game Fest, and now he's part of the Game yes. Awards. Yeah. Yes, and I just think you know this this guy just has a different vision for the games that he ma- he makes, and and they just feel unlike anything else out there. They're so much fun to play, and uh, this game is interestingly focused on a couple. It seems, and it's about how this couple has to uh, fix their relationship as they get turned into um, these fantasy dolls, and they're going through fable like stories. Uh, something that Ferris talked about, actually, in regards to uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, is that he really, he's a big fan of, you know, that kind of fantasy and, and fables. And that's why, you know, he, he took a lot of inspiration from those kinds of stories for Brothers. Uh, this just seems like that on crack, where it's like, it's just, it's crazy. It's very artsy. Uh, and I'm just excited. I'm just excited to play it. I just want to say that I feel like that, how, like that uh, Joseph Ferris scene where he was in the, in the mocap suit. It felt staged in the sense of, like, of course, it was probably pre-recorded. It probably wasn't live. But it felt staged in the sense of, like, this game is coming out in March. There is no way in hell uh, he's still shooting <laughs> mocap scenes in December of, you know, 2020. Yeah, you would, you would hope not. <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> so, yeah, I just want to throw that out there. He could have just been reg- wearing his regular clothes and stuff like that. You know? mm-hmm. But, yeah, anyways. Super Meat Boy Forever gets a release date off December 23rd, 2020. So that's coming out right before Christmas. Oddworld Storm is coming spring 2021. The Elder Scrolls Online Gates of Oblivion was announced. Uh, That's a a new expansion for Elder Scrolls Online uh, coming out on January 21st, 2021. New trailer for Monster Hunter Rise, an upcoming demo announced. It's planned for January 2021. Among Us got a new map. Master Chief is coming to Fortnite. Here we go. That's for you, Louis. Wait, you, you... you predicted Master Chief coming to Smash, not to Fortnite. But we did no. talk about I, I predicted this. That, anyway. that Master Chief was coming to Fortnite, is what I predicted. My point is, like, you didn't have that as one of your predictions, officially. But it was something that you've been talking about. Yeah, no, like, you gave me the point for that. That I was like, oh yeah, they're going to do the new Fortnite trailer, and then, yeah. Yes, you're right. I got it mixed <laughs> up, my bad. <laughs> um, a new hunter is coming to Fortnite Island, and his name is Master Chief. The famous Halo character is now available to purchase as a skin for a total of 1,500 V-Bucks. The Walking Dead's Daryl and Michonne will be getting added on December 16th as well. Which, by the way, they kept doing this one more thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. during the, you know, there was like a red versus blue moment and everything during the Master Chief announcement. Yeah, and they I, did two I, one more things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, and I every time they did the one more thing, I was like, oh, is, it, is it Nintendo time? Is it a... Is Samus coming? Is Link coming, maybe? What's what's going on? But no, it was just more, you know, Halo-related stuff. And then with The Walking Dead, surprisingly. Yeah. Scarlet Nexus release window announced, coming on summer 2021. Just Cause is coming to mobile. We got the first look at Ruined King, a League of Legends story. Uh, and then Mass Effect gets a teaser trailer. It's confirmed the Mass Effect series will continue, and it looks like maybe Liara Tsusoni plays a role in the next sci-fi adventure. We'll patiently await more information. That's it. That's all the that's all the announcements right there. We ran you through everything. Louis, any final shout outs, things that you want to talk about before we move on? 
I know, I think we pretty much covered everything as we went along, but so just by my count, like if I was recounting this, I would say there's only four things that were like, you know, S tier, A tier announcements and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I could have, I could, we probably could have just done maybe five announcements and then did the rest of the award show. So, uh, I actually was a fan. I'm a fan of the Among Us map. Uh, the new map looks pretty cool. Really Mm -hmm. dope. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be playing the game again. Like I'm just, I'm kind of over it. I don't know if, I don't know. I don't think think other people are though. It makes me wonder if that's what people actually want. Like do people actually want new maps. Cause I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes people think they want it or, you know, developers will often go like, well, we need to add new maps. But when I'm, I'm I'm speaking as a player now, you know, when I, when I'm playing a game, I, I don't often go, I need new maps. I want, you know, I want new characters. I want, you know, gameplay improvements and I want new things I can do in the game, new features. I don't often want new maps. So it, it made me wonder, I almost feel like, I wonder if they're adding a new map just because they feel like they need to add something, you know, they need to keep it going. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I, I wonder if that's what people really want. The new the new map also has new like chores and stuff like that. You know how like each map has its own its own uh, um, what is it called? Not emissions or whatever. You know like the thing that you yeah. do when you you empty out the garbage can or whatever that kind of stuff. So like new tasks. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, so like each uh, each map has its own designated set of tasks that you can't do on the other map. So like if you're b- tired and bored of doing the same tasks over and over again, now they they created new ones. And it's going to be on the fair. Map. I, I guess I just feel like the the tasks are the most boring part of the game anyway. So I don't. It doesn't get me excited to uh to to play it again, but that that mm. could be just me. You know, I'm not I'm not the target audience clearly because I played the game a few times around the time that everybody yeah. everybody's still playing it by the way. But I played the game a few times when we played it together, and that was about it. I didn't really play much after that. Well, after my last crushing defeat that I just I gave up I gave up on Among Us because <laughs> of uh, my freak out on on Twitch.tv slash Chocolaka88. You can check it out. That's I have it saved as a highlight. So. Yeah. <laughs> All um, right. So just yeah. overall game awards. I I think there's things that they can do better, but I still thought it was a good fun show, and I I definitely think the things like the pacing got better, and some of the cool moments like the orchestra, the Mario 35 moment, the Eddie Eddie Vader performance uh, for The Last of Us, and you know some of the speeches that we got to see, and then some of the top announcements, you know, um, Smash Brothers, Master Chief, the Back for Blood for me. I thought th- all of those together made the show worth it. But we are pretty much on the same page as far as the things that they could do better or different. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I just kind of see how they want to tune it. Like I don't know. Like wonder. I wonder if the game awards. Take <laughs> the way game awards can be two shows. Like one one MTV movie awards and one Oscars. <laughs> and Jeff Keighley does both of them. <laughs> like back. That's to definitely back. an interesting way to look at it, actually, because you know some people would tune in for both, but some people may just want to tune in for one or the other. So it could be this. You know, we're talking about length, like how long can it go, right? What if it's a uh, a four or five hour event? It's like a, you know, it makes me think of those uh, whenever E3 is going on and you got those really long live streams that IGN will do where they're going through multiple things or, you know, Nintendo does the three house live or something. Maybe the Game Awards can become this day long event where you have maybe some time where it's developer interviews and then you got, you know, two hours, which is the press conference of new announcements. And then you oh. got the award show at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Like so it could be like maybe like a two night event kind of thing where it's like on a Saturday night yeah, you do this. Too. On Saturday night you do all of like the the marketing mumbo jumbo and stuff like that and the interviews and the promotions and like the integrations and stuff and like you know go to go to Twitch to claim your your loots and stuff and on Sunday it's the <laughs> everyone dress up very prim and proper and put and be the bell, bell of the ball because it's awards time baby, you know, like that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that might be that might be the way to do it. Mm. All right, Lewis, let's move on and talk about the games we're playing. All right. Thank you. 
I, I've talked a lot over the last segment, so I'm going to let you start off here and, and, and chat with us, Lewis. All right, all right. So the first thing that I wanted to cover is obviously the fact that, like, right after we we, uh, we recorded the episode, we were reporting on the rumors of the leaks of, like, Kratos. And literally right after we, like, stopped recording and I'm, like, checking my YouTube feed, boom, Kratos is already on, like, he's already on the, on the shop. <laughs> you can buy him. You can get his skin and everything. And, of course, I went, in, went out of my way to, like, you know, buy Kratos that night. And uh, and I can I'm gonna probably like wait till Saturday night to like buy the Halo uh, Master Chief skins because right now I'm too busy I don't have time to be booting up Fortnite so but anyways all that notwithstanding you can get Kratos right now uh, I got his uh, he comes with an emote and everything um, uh, what's it called uh, they 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 temporarily like took out like the sand tunneling and stuff because there was apparently a bug but they fixed it they brought it back Fortnite is fun just as much as ever and um, you know I'm I'm my my uh, I'm spending way too much money on that game now, and I'm probably gonna. I'm kind of. I'm thinking about like opting in to like buy like because uh, I have like four. Uh, I have four uh, Fortnite accounts, and I'm gonna. I'm thinking about like buying Master Chief on three of those accounts because like it w- it would not make sense for me to boot up my Xbox on my Fortnite Xbox account and not have Master Chief mm-hmm. on there. So um, yeah. So anyways, so. Fortnite playing that good, but I'm also playing as game for level one gaming apologies all around because my review was due like three days ago, but I haven't written it yet. Like I've, 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 I've played the game. <laughs> How uh, dare you? <laughs> I, I've been busy, man. I've just been hella busy. And like, I only way I can write Me this too, review actually. is if I'm like, I either go to sleep really late or wake up really early and I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm sucking at both. Uh, but anyways, so I actually wrote that. I have it like uh, saved as a draft as a rough draft right now. Uh, my review is practically written. Um, I have like the skeleton and I just need to like f- flesh it out some more, but the skeleton's there and I'm just going to give you like my, t- my just general impressions in the game. Uh, it's called space Raiders in space. It's a $10 game that you can buy on steam. It's currently on sale for nine bucks for, for the next couple of days for like the next week, because it's like a, a launch promotion sale thing going on for, for nine bucks. And uh, basically, it's a, it's a tower defense game, and I don't have any like experience with tower defense games. Do you know anything about that? No, Liz, I have actually not uh, played a lot of uh, tower defense games. I, I I think I used to play some on my phone. I remember back in the day there was there was like a League of Legends like tower defense game that I remember that I downloaded on my phone and I played. Now that I'm thinking about it, I haven't thought about that game in forever. I don't even know if it was a uh, I don't think it was a League of Legends game. It was a similar, like, style. And so I searched League of Legends in the App Store because I was curious if there was anything. Like, literally 10 years ago, and they had a tower defense game that was kind of similar that came up, and I downloaded it, and I played that for a while. But, no, I'm not huge into tower defense. Yeah, so, like, I'm not entirely sure if I was, like, the right reviewer to to, to take on this uh, this game. But, uh, really, like, they were very... Uh, level 1 Gaming is actually very super lenient with my review deadline because... Uh, the game launched on Tuesday, like this past Tuesday, and like I got the code for it like on Saturday. Like basically, I would have had like three days to like to beat the game, which wasn't enough time. And um, really, the game is very like involved as far as like you know how much time you have to sink into just one chapter of the game, um, because like you have to basically beat the chapters in like in one go. And so that's my crit- my my criticism that you're going to be seeing in my review that's that I'm writing that I'm writing is there's this there's a situation where you have to like one chapter is like 13 waves of enemies. And like, let's say you make it to like wave twelve, and then you die and you lo- you lose. You have to start the whole chapter all over again from the very beginning, and that's like a whole forty five oh, no. minutes. That's like forty five minutes lost. You can't just simply right. read like like start over from the last wave. 
you know, when they're like mm-hmm. to wave 12. So, but you know, I, the funny thing is I actually like things like that from time to time. Like that actually makes me think of Fire Emblem because, you know, every Fire Emblem battle takes quite a bit of time. And if you actually have one of your characters die and you're playing with permadeath on what the average, you know, the I don't want to say the average player, but at least the more hardcore players will do is that they will restart the whole mission from the beginning, even if you've been doing it for 40 minutes. So God damn. I, I, I've, I, I've been there. <laughs> I, I just, I was like the first time that happened to me, I was super pissed. I was like, I, you know, like you, you, you get to that screen and like, you're supposed to hit a to continue. And I'm like, just look staring at the screen and it's on the, my review capture where it's just like, I'm not going. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm letting it sink in. I'm trying to like woo some myself. <laughs> and, and so like, um, it's just, it's just kind of like a situation where I don't think I find that acceptable in like modern you know, game design. The funny thing is that now that I said that I was thinking about that applied to Fire Emblem Awakening, but on Fire Emblem Three Houses, they actually had a feature that made that much less likely to happen where you have a rewind feature where you can rewind a certain amount of moves and you can run out of it and et cetera. But, you know, if you use it wisely, you can actually most of the time escape those situations where, you know, your character got killed, but then you just rewind enough and then redo your moves, you know, do a little slightly different strategy so that that doesn't happen. So the addition of that feature made it so that the game is a lot more playable, even with permadeath on and it doesn't. You know, we do, you don't run into those situations as often because, yes, it does suck. The whole, like, you know, dying and you go back to a checkpoint that was an hour ago. You know, I, <laughs> so, a lot of times that's the case with when you play games on the hardest difficulty. I remember I experienced that with Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which made me rage quit it. So I, t- I totally get it, dude. And then so, like, um, the, I, I just wanted to say, like, I'm, I know I'm going to be very negative on, like, my, my, my impressions right now. But, like, there the game has, like, this thing where, like, I don't know how to, like, tackle it as far as, like, reviewing it. Like, I've already got the score down because of, like uh the 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 level one gaming uh scoring system uh but like i if i if i if i'm going on the ign scale i would have given it a lower score um than what the level one gaming rubric does Mm -hmm. so um it's not it's there's really not much difference but if you read the contents of my review it's gonna like speak for itself but like there's this thing where like i don't know how to how people do feel about the idea of style over substance so like the game is very stylized. It looks like a comic book. It ha- it looks like Sin City. It's very well written. It's very well acted. Uh, there's no glitches or bugs and like or bugs literally as in like you're you're killing bugs, but like no like bugs no <laughs> yeah. But like you know like it's it's like there's a lot of like good in the in like the packaging as far as like the main menu is so funny it's like a giant it's like a comic book and it's very well designed like you know better like than a Smash than a smash brothers menu you know um mm-hmm. so like for instance uh like the me- the menus look like you're like flipping through comic books you can turn the page and stuff like that um like there's even like it's very you know tongue-in-cheek and very snarky and very meta where like some of the the menus is, it says not a button but it's a button and you it does nothing and so mm-hmm. it's kind of funny and there's even like an options menu where you can filter into it and then it says you can check on on or off uh of the profanity filter but they call it use the fucking profanity filter you know, it's so funny. I was like, nice. I was like, that's very good. Like, it's those moments where you sort of just sort of clap your hands and stuff like that. But like, I don't know, like, I don't want to be like swayed by those cheap gimmicky things. You know what I mean? Uh, it yeah. definitely is style over substance, because for me, the gameplay is very non-engaging. I don't think I've ever had a situation where I'm reviewing the game. And since it's a tower defense game, whenever the, 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 the uh, CPU enemies attack, you are having a situation where you're doing nothing. The game is playing itself. And so I've never had a situation where I'm checking my phone and reading my text messages while the game is playing. 
like that is something that that I can only think of like in mobile games, like when sh- when shitty mm-hmm. when shitty mobile games that play themselves. And I don't think that's engaging. I don't think that's a very engaging way to play a game or interact with the game. The game could have been better off being an interactive comic book, you know, than uh, than mm-hmm. a, than a tower defense game, in my opinion. Um, so that's why I gave it like a poor on the on the gameplay category, but everything else it does well. So basically, mm-hmm. it averages out to a good game. But like, if I wasn't like averaging it out, I would have probably like landed on a six. But um, it's gonna be somewhere in the sevens because of uh, the scales. So. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. I've been I've been playing through a I've been playing through a lot of different stuff. None for too too long actually, but just jumping around between a lot of different games to try and figure out what I feel like at any given point. But I played some more Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and uh, I don't have much more to say about that other than I hit I think the ten hour mark now, and it's probably as far as I'm gonna get into that game for now. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 is supposed to have arrived today. I have not checked my mail yet. <laughs> so uh, it should be in my mailbox, and, and I'm probably going to jump into that over this next weekend if I have time, uh, which means that I can probably only do one big open-world game at a time. But I had a good time with Valhalla, and I wanted to mention this. I This happened, This happens kind of not, like, earlier on in my playthrough, I think, maybe like five hours in or so. But I forgot to mention the last time I talked about it, so I did want to say it this time. Louis, did you know that the coronavirus is canon in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, that it's part of the story. What the hell? Like, <laughs> I, 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 I thought that was like some honest trailer, like joke, side joke that they nope. did. Nope, it's not. So yeah, that it was the honest trailer that you sent me that actually reminded me of that. So the Assassin's Creed Valhalla, like every other Assassin's Creed game, is set in the past or historic setting to it. But then there's also a part of the story that's set in the present or the future, you know, you got these two timelines going on. And it's, well, the recent games, especially, the, the future part is definitely not the focus of the story. But in the part that you do get to see it, the the story of the of the future is that there's there's been these uh, ap- apocalyptic events that have been going on and the world is in this somewhat like post-apocalyptic state and they're trying to find the key to to a cure and to all these other things and they will they legit talk about coronavirus about the covid covid-19 specifically in you know the i don't remember if it's in the dialogue uh but definitely in uh files that you find and that you read you know the whole like you're going through the environment you find these notes and you're reading about them and they're talking about covid like there's this pandemic in the world called covid blah 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 they're talking about it as if it was still happening or if it was happening in that moment so i thought it was really interesting i wonder how they like integrated that if that was something that just happened like the first whole case didn't even like you know happen until like november of last year and that was strictly in china and it didn't even come to the united states until like january so it, it could have been that some of that stuff got got written you know later in in the in the last year of development right but it could also be that they actually had it had a different virus before and, and then that they, they just, just replaced yeah. it um oh. when the whole situation started happening so i thought that was an interesting thing nonetheless um it's interesting that they you know it, covid made its way into uh, pop culture already um in in other ways too but in 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 that manner so i thought that was interesting um i've been playing some league of legends again um just kind of trying to teach leah how to play as she has been trying to teach me how to play overwatch so we kind of did this thing last weekend where we spent some time playing league together and then we spent some time playing overwatch together which is a big fan of y'all should have streamed it like you should have streamed your like you teaching her league and she should have streamed you teach her teaching you overwatch you know, the funny thing with League is that I'm so bad at it at this point. I don't think I was ever good at it, but, you know, I, I know the rules of the game. I know how to play the game. I played it enough to the point where it's like I am different than a, than a first-time player or even somebody that's only been playing for a few weeks or something. 
um, I got like I got the game, but I was never like really good at it. And then it's one of those things where there's always up they're always updating the game. So after you give it enough time, it's like who are all these champions? I don't even know what they do. Like they've changed like certain skills of the the map. There's all these new dynamics in the map that I wasn't familiar with. Um, so it's still mostly the same game, but there's been enough changes where I, even I feel a little out of place. And they actually just rolled out on League of Legends. They just rolled out this store update that you know they, they redid the whole ux and ui for the store and i feel like it's so much harder to navigate it and find what you want to find so uh, i wasn't a big fan of the redesign there but it might be one of those things where i'm just stuck in my old ways and i just got to relearn it um and then the other game that i actually want to talk a little bit more about is the game sky children of the light this is a mobile game do you know anything about this game Liz? never heard of it but it sounds like some jrpg stuff it's it's not well no, it's definitely not. Uh, there, there's maybe some elements of that, but this is the new game by a studio called That Game Company. Oh, that's right. The creators of Flow, Flower, and Journey, the three PS3 exclusive games that got released between I don't know, like 2008 and 2012. And since Journey, they've been working on this new game, which is a mobile exclusive game for the time being, called Sky Children of the Light. Now, the thing that's very interesting about this game is you turn it on. And you're like, oh my god, I'm playing Journey on my phone. The game looks a lot like Journey. Having, you even they started wear the clothes, in the desert. They wear in clothes that look like Journey, and there's yes. also a mountain that looks like Journey at the end of Journey. So you would think, like, as a big Journey fan that I am, you would think I would love it. But I was actually kind of not happy with that <laughs> at first. Because I was like, oh, okay, so is their new game just knockoff Journey on a phone and not as good? Not as special because, you know, it's been, it's been <laughs> we, done already, before. we already have a Journey. But I continue to play it, and I, I only play this game for almost two hours, but trying to figure out, you know, what it's about. And, and the, the the UI of the game and the controls of the game are pretty competent. I feel like they it's as good as it can be on a mobile device, you know, touching the screen, which to me will never feel as good as having a controller in hands. But it's it's totally playable, and the game looks pretty, too. Um, I would say not as pretty as Journey. I also a factor that you're looking at it in a mobile screen as opposed to, you know, it having the full, you know... 1080p or 4k screen on your living room so it doesn't feel even even if it's the same quality of graphics it just doesn't feel as special but the interesting thing is that it's kind of an mmo <laughs> and here's where it gets kind of weird which is like journey and this this is a bit of a spoiler for journey potentially so you feel free to skip skip this if you want to go on the game blind which i'll definitely recommend journey has multiplayer in it in a way that you're not supposed to be aware of until you you play the game um, when you play Journey, you can encounter other people that are playing the game at the, at, the, at the same time as you. And it's this very interesting thing where you go through this adventure together um, and then you see their names at the end, the people that you played the game with. But you can't really communicate much. All you can do is just, you know, ping basically each other um, and just kind of create the sound. And that's the only way you can communicate. And it's very cool, actually. And I think it's this very, you know, Genova Shen, who's the designer behind it, has this philosophy of like he wants he wants to make... He wanted to make a multiplayer game that was stripped out of all of the toxicity of multiplayer games. And I think they achieved that with Journey. Now, this game is trying to take that a step further. This game, they're going like, well, that was exclusive to PlayStation platforms. We do not have to deal with Sony anymore. So let's go all out on mobile devices, which is the most popular, you know, platform out there. It's, the, you know, the 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 ocean is, is the biggest ocean out there as far as a platform to be on. And let's go all out on the multiplayer. So as you're playing through this game, you're encountering not one at a time, but many other players that are going through it as well. And you can interact with each other in many different ways. You can actually leave messages for each other. Uh, you can chat with each other. You can add them as friends. You can, um, like, 
hold their hand and you can like share certain things from the game and then but at the same time it's also like the ui is so minimalistic that's really hard to understand all the things that you can do in the game so what i'm trying to say lewis and I, it's a bit long-winded and i don't want to stay on this for too long it's basically multiplayer journey on crack on your phone but not as good and that's sky shooting of the light so far as far as i've gone into it i don't think i'm gonna finish playing the game i don't even understand if this is a game that you can finish it or if it's one that just keeps going and I find it really weird, actually, that that's the direction that that game company is going towards right now. I'm not a huge fan of it. I wish that they would have instead just made some new, cooler, creative game. A new idea. Consoles, yeah. You know, with but within their, um, yeah, like w- within, you know, their skills. But it, it, I don't know. It just feels like, you know, some journey on mobile with with the MMO aspects added to it, uh, which I don't think is what that kind of game needed. <laughs> it's kind of going back um, 10 years, actually. It's sending mobile back 10 years because when you think about like how like even back in the day, it's like, oh, it's this game, but on mobile. And it's got that negative connotation. It's got, you're literally saying it like in that, in that bad way right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it, but nonetheless, I might play it a little bit more and, and have more thoughts in the future. We'll see. I don't know. I just, it's definitely just a game that I wanted to have checked out because, you know, I love Journey. Uh, but so far, it disappointed me. Mm, nice, nice. All right. Well, I just want to say before we move on, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, talk to you very facetiously right now because you said at the beginning when you talked about Journey, I was like, oh, you can tune out, tune out now if you don't want to, uh, if you don't want to uh, get any any spoilers for Journey, if you want to just go in blind. And now it's like you can't say that anymore. That's ableist language, Dan. <laughs> that is true. Did that you know that, that 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 uh, there's a story that happened where like Twitch. Uh, removed blind uh, blind uh, playthrough as a as a category as a tag mm-hmm. because that's that's ableist now. I was like, oh my god, that's <sighs> yeah, it's I, complicated. I don't I don't know, I don't know if I want to get into that that kind of subject. <laughs> I, I, it's I don't want to I don't know if I have a strong position on it one way or another yet. I I generally tend to lean towards like, hey, if we can you know if we can say things in a way that's maybe less offensive to the people that it offends, then we should. Sometimes I do wonder though if we're making choices because they offend people or because we think they're gonna be yes, offended. Yes, that's when what they, I was. They are that's not my problem. Necessarily, I don't think there's actual like you know I I have I don't I've not seen any evidence that it's actually like the people that are impacted are the ones who are upset. I think it's people that think they were they're gonna be upset, like trying to like uh, what's that word? Uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Where they just sort of like you know champion it for them. Uh, mm-hmm. ah, damn, I I am like losing. I am like my mental capacity right now is like really bad right now because I'm trying to think of that word uh, where uh, I can't think of it. But anyways, uh, but basically, yeah, uh, this is. Uh, I remember like making a joke offhand how like you know, and when I was in middle school, I was like, I want to ban political correctness, and then then now this is the uh, this is the the stuff that I my my 12 year old self you know sort of predicted was gonna happen, I guess. But yeah, anyways. Let's go ahead and move on to the next the next segment here. Wait, do oh. you want to talk about Halo at all? Or ah, no? yes. Oh, damn. Oh, you're so right. I always do this. <laughs> I do this. All right, twitch.tv no. slash ready. Also, play. I'm the one yeah. hosting, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, I always do the thing where it's like I I, I shamelessly self promote. Yeah, Twitch.tv slash Ready Press Play, and then we go to every Tuesday. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I just pretend I did that, and uh, just remember that we only have this coming Tuesday as our final uh, Twitch stream for 2020, and then you'll be catching us again in January. So um, as far as what we did, I actually wanted to comment uh, that you know Halo Combat Evolved actually. Um, 
you know, I feel like the game slaps. You know, we we played it mm-hmm. and we had more of a fun time. I think our energy levels are just better. Uh, but yeah. like, I feel like we're we're starting to get into that groove. I don't know. I don't know if it's really like if it's coming with experience of just streaming more often. But I feel like. Um, a good a good Twitch stream has like constant talking. Like if you're solo streaming, I think it's better just to for you to do a solo podcast and talk out loud while you know while you're playing your game. You can't just simply mm-hmm. just play the game. You have to constantly talk because if a viewer if a lurker is tuning in, you need to keep their attention. You can't just simply just stay silent. And I think that the fact that you know one of the benefits of you know you know having a Twitch stream with two of us is that we don't have to do that we don't have to self monologue you know we can just mm. simply like you know uh, go uh, you know play off of each other you know not just you know in the game but also which, verbally you know, that's an interesting decision while we're playing the game too that i feel like we're constantly making which is should we let you know for cutscenes especially should we let these cutscenes play out and pay attention to them or should we use this as an opportunity to just kind of chat with each other and try to make this entertaining because personally, you know, I don't, for this game in particular, it's different than something like A Way Out, but for this game in particular, I do not care that much about the story, and I feel like it's one of those things where there's just so many words there that I don't even understand, and, and it's not very clear that, you know, I would almost rather just kind of chat with you and try to make things fun, as opposed to sitting there quiet listening to the story, especially because some of the cutscenes can be pretty long, actually. <laughs> Yeah, so I just wanted to say that we did, we did, uh, we had a good time. We were, we were way more engaging. We were doing that thing where you did like the, the, the cinema. Like, what is that? What is that? Like, uh, ah, damn, I am like, I am losing my fucking mind right now. So it's like, <laughs> uh, that. What's that word? Well, that that thing where like they just they do movies and they sort of lambast it, um, and they talk shit about it. Uh, Critique? No, no, no. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a movie. It's like one of those old timey like nineteen fifties sci fi cinema. And they just ah whatever you know they they just sort of lampoon it on purpose just uh and then like that's like the funny bit mm-hmm. of it but anyways we were doing that thing where like we were talking about like the game design within the game it's like oh yeah look at these re- look at these reused assets look at the fact that they're making us you know do the same exact tunnel but in reverse and stuff like that mm-hmm. and trying to call it a new environment but it's kind of funny we did this thing where we almost we we literally almost did a shortcut by accident but then we fucked it up <laughs> so uh but yeah it was it was it was a good time I think that um we're getting we're better at it we're, we're definitely very competent as far as how we play the game we, we're dying but not like we're not dying too much and um i don't know Do except you have for any? me yeah well in some, in some parts actually you know what <laughs> i think you did die more than i did by the way i mean yeah, but, but i will say the times that i did die you did you did clutch it out a lot more and you made you helped me respawn more more mm-hmm. more so than when the when the shoe was on the other foot so there's that oh thank you <laughs> but do you have anything <laughs> to say about halo it's a fun game. I feel like there's definitely things that feel outdated about it. I, I definitely think that we've come a long way with certain things. Just game Games budgets now, though, are just so much bigger, so you can do so much more that you couldn't at that time. It's kind of clever, actually, in a way. In a way, you could say the design is outdated. In the other way, you could say the design is better because they were able to do more with less by the ways that they decided to reuse certain sequences of the levels and everything else. Um, I think it's a clever game i think it's a fun game i think it's a game that surprisingly holds up considering that you know we're playing it 20 years after it it came out right yeah yeah i want um i was wondering i think i don't know if we we challenge ourselves or we're going to actually take the challenge of whether or not we're going to do the stream this coming tuesday but on the old style exclusively and then sort of like see how we feel about the game if we're like vanilla vanilla halo (laughs) you know we can uh we can try to do that if you like (laughs) i don't know i don't know We'll, we'll see we'll sort of play it by ear how i feel about it but yeah all right yeah, that's it. That's the one. Okay. All right. So uh, let's uh, let's get into the news. I said that with a really weird, like my voice kind of cracked there a little bit. <laughs> it happens. Puberty. 
<laughs> exactly. As uh, as everybody knows, I'm going through pu- puberty right now. So please, you know, be understanding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Louis. So what we're going to do here, since we're already an hour and 20 into the show and kind of the biggest news and announcements this week came from the Game Awards, is uh, we're mostly just kind of going to go through some headlines. And uh, I'm going to try to do the thing that you do sometimes. And then, of course, people can find the articles in the show notes if they want to go in and uh, take a look in more detail about what's going on with each one of these stories. Uh, but you start. Halo Infinite has its release window set for fall 2021. It got it also reviewed uh, the first multiplayer map. They got some screenshots coming out, but you know, no new trailer or anything as far as I know. And now we know that for sure the game is coming out on fall 2021. So potentially a full year after the Series X came out, and potentially a full year after when the game was originally set to come out, um, which was in the launch of the Series X. So. I think this delay hurts, Lewis. I, you know, you've been predicting that this was going to happen for a while. I was holding out hope that the game was going to come out in the spring next year, that we're not that far. You know, the way that they've always talked about this game to me came across like it really was meant to be there for the launch of the Series X. So the fact that it was delayed, I, I just kept thinking like, well, they can't be that far from finishing it because, you know, they, they, they really were counting on this game being there for launch up until a few months before the console came out. Um, even the box of the Series X, you know, has Halo all over it. So, and even the Doritos are like selling codes for Halo multiplayer and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and like Monster Energy drinks and all these integrations, and Halo or Master Chief and, and Fortnite and stuff. So yeah, it seems like everything was ready to go except for the game itself, and <laughs> it surprises me that it's that far off, dude. Like it really does. And now, do you think it's a fall 2021 release or holiday 2021 release? I'm I'm reading it as a holiday, like as a that's, November yeah. release, that's what I'm most thinking likely. Too. That's exactly what I was thinking too. I was reading it as as November, uh, twenty twenty one, like the big November game. Uh, I don't see it. I don't see it as a September game. Uh, although I think September was whenever Halo Five came out, if I'm not mistaken, or it might have been uh, October. I don't know. But anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like this, there's. Uh, I've had time to chew on it uh, on this on this news. And I am not entirely sure that this is entirely a bad thing. So, it probably like, isn't. At the end of the day, it's it's probably good that they're going to take more time to actually rework everything they need to rework with the game. Yes. Yeah. So like, okay. So I told the whole, I said the whole where there's smoke, there's fire kind of situation, and like mm-hmm. you definitely don't want to tarnish the brand. I think if you did put it out then at the launch of the Series X, it would have done more damage to the Halo brand than than not, and you would have had it so when Halo Seven was a thing that you know you might impact the sales of Halo Seven because people were burned by Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. So you brand management is very important. And the second thing I was thinking to myself is like, you know, the Series X's are already hard to come by as is. They're like impossible to find. Uh, Series X's, Series S's, you know, they're in short supply. So you have your consoles selling out even without a marquee title. So, you know, the consoles aren't hurting. So you can then basically, you know, a year later put out Halo and then you would have had your your supply issues, you know, relatively fixed because your supply would have leveled off and started to meet demand. And on top of that, you can even manufacture, you know, limited edition like Halo themed Xbox Series Xs, mm-hmm. you know, with the with the cool like kind of like my controller that I showed off on the stream, yeah, you know, like the cool design. And I think every Xbox has had a Halo edition, anyways. So basically, you have a two for one special where you can then put out a, a, a limited edition console that looks Halo, and you have the supply issue taken care of. You're not having to worry about scalpers. So I think that you 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 win on both sides. Your your brand is 
is yeah. it's taking a short-term L, but basically a long-term W. It, it, it probably gives it a new boost as well, just like the, the PS5. It's almost like a, a new release, right, of, yeah. the, of the console. It's just like the PS5 is going to go through the same thing whenever God of War comes out. And, potentially and then more consoles sell, yeah. yeah. A system seller, basically, like Animal Crossing came out this year, and suddenly Switches were flying off the shelves again, you know? So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it, a much more positive way to look at it. I've I guess in, in in one way too, you know, I've said it before, like we could have a whole year where no new games come out and I would be happy because I have so much stuff to catch up <laughs> to catch up with. And it gives us time to go play through all of the other Halos if we want to leading up to it, which I think could be something fun to try yeah. to do as well. Um, whether we incorporate it as part of the podcast or the streams or not, or we just do it on our free time. But yeah, definitely. Um, it makes sense in that sense. I just think it's, you know, it, it's sad to see that this game that was promised as kind of the reason to get a Series X almost, uh, has now been pushed out an entire year after its release. But I, I also understand all of the reasons and all of the ways where it's probably the right decision to make right now. All right. All right. Now, on this other story, Cyberpunk 2077 Epileptic PSA. This was written originally by Liana Rupert on Game Informer. And basically, she's talking about how there's these sequences in Cyberpunk 2077 that could be triggers for people that have epilepsy and that could could trigger seizures and other things. And that it was really bad that the game did not have any kind of warning for that. And ever since posting this article, you know, I think this went viral a little bit and the folks from Cyberpunk 2077 probably saw it. And there's actually been an update already released for the game that does add the trigger warning in there. So it's just one of those situations where it's cool to see that, you know, the, there was a really good, uh, quick developer response, uh, in regards to this situation in the game that could have been, that could have been really bad for a lot of players that deal with those issues. You know, it's pretty common that you see these kinds of warnings in media uh and it was an oversight to to not have that in there so um i'm glad to see that that it's been addressed since yeah i think that's very important um i can understand with the whole cyberpunk cyberpunk aesthetic and you've got like neon lights in the city and skyscrapers with like crazy neon advertisements and then i'm pretty sure there's like some bar and club scenes where there's like a rave happening and you got like you know lots of flashing lights of course i can that can definitely be like uh, an epilepsy ready waiting to happen so i think that's um a bit, a bit of, I'm not going to say, I don't know how, like, how do I, if I can say if it's an oversight or negligence, like there's like, there's definitely a line there somewhere in that gray mm -hmm. area. Um, but yeah, so I'll leave it at that. And the interesting thing too here that I forgot to mention because I did not, I did not have time to read the full article is that the, it seems like the writer herself experienced issues, which is what, you know, motivated her to write the article too. She says, during my time with Cyberpunk 2077, I suffered one major seizure and felt several moments where I was close to another one. I kept going because I made the decision to, and I feel like the decision helped me sort of slap together a small little guide for players wanting to take part in this game for fear of missing out. Cyberpunk 2077 is about hedonistic excess, much like the tabletop game that inspired the open world RPG. Everything is brighter, louder, and more in your face. Pair that with the reliance on technological interfacing and some triggers were expected. With Cyberpunk 2077, however, there are a lot that you need to be aware of. For those excited to experience CD Projekt Red's latest adventure, there is still a way to do so, though there is a risk, but you need to know a few things going in. So I'm going to add in the article to the show notes, like I said, so that you can look more into it if you're interested. All right, now we got a bunch of Nintendo stuff coming out over since the, we last recorded the podcast. Basically, Nintendo is shutting down everything that they can get their hands on. I'm sure that uh, you've been following this a little bit more closely, Lewis. Uh, the two articles that I brought in here were the ones that I that I was able to find more easily when I was putting the, the doc together. Nintendo shuts down Adicon Controller Memorial, sparking backlash. And then Nintendo is ripping down YouTube videos that contain its game soundtracks. I know there's a few things, uh, other things as well. So do you want to take over from here? 
there's definitely a lot of Nintendo bad news, bad bad publicity happening. Uh, we covered a couple weeks ago about how like the whole Smash Brothers. Uh, see, uh, it all started with Smash Brothers with the whole uh, C and D um, with the uh, tournament, the big house, and then basically we haven't really been covering it since. But basically, the situation has worsened. Um, there was a Splatoon two tournament that happened uh, last weekend mm-hmm. where um, it was a Nintendo official Nintendo online tournament, like re- uh, like it was. Uh, organized and the prizes was all coming from Nintendo and it was straight up like uh, you know an online open tournament where anyone can can join and when you're it's a team-based game you can create your own team name like you can call yourself you know uh, you know the Joy-Con boys or something Mm -hmm. like that you know like that kind of stuff but what happened was is like a lot of like your top your top 10 players um, that were making it to the finals and stuff like that they were they were um, like 30% of them they had like hashtag free melee or hashtag save smash or some kind of variation where like basically their team name was basically like in support of the smash community and so when you the the, the finals were literally canceled because of that Damn. like they just nintendo just stopped the splatoon 2 tournament and the splatoon 2 community like kind of said fuck that and they continued on with the tournament themselves like non-partnered like independent like okay all of the same teams we're doing it ourselves, like, and then they basically had like they uh the, they grassrooted themselves into like making their own like official tournament with their own rules and a better prize pool and a bigger audience than Nintendo did. So it's like it was like a big fu to Nintendo, where like everyone rallied to like make this a successful tournament, and it all got planned in one, uh, in one day. And so um, then on top of that, you have the the Etika situation, and Etika was like this big, huge Nintendo fan, um, and he like he had like a mental illness issues, which led to him taking his own life. And so there was this guy who wanted to create. Uh, he basically put like I don't know if he painted Joy Cons or if he put like a shell over it, like or like uh, but basically. He takes official gray Nintendo Joy-Cons and then he paints over it and creates like these Eticons that basically are like, you know, Etika inspired Mm -hmm. uh, the black and white controllers. And he was doing this campaign where, uh, you know, you can on Indiegogo and he's going to sell these things like and uh, and then the proceeds of the uh, of the sales was going to go to charity. Mm -hmm. And then Nintendo literally shut it down. And oh, um, and everyone on the internet was just like you know having a flame war yeah, like, because of this because it's like like how dare they? I, I can't believe Nintendo would be so bad and evil to like stop something that benefits a charity, you know? Yeah. Uh, but so there's that, and then uh, the guy even posted on Twitter. He's like, "Hey, look, I understand that I'm using like Nintendo official like mer- uh, branding because it's got a Joy Cons and you know these isn't my trademarks or anything like that." But there are other companies that do the same exact things, but their Nintendo's not going after them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm being singled out. So, like, it's just this huge, a huge, uh, very bad publicity stunt. And then on top of that, that doesn't even end there. Nintendo is then also, like, removing, like, YouTube videos uh, from uh, that features its soundtrack. So there is this uh, big YouTuber uh, that he was already, you know, copyright claimed a couple years ago, but he got copyright claimed again. And uh, he was... Uh, there aren't, there isn't like an official Nintendo Spotify account or an official YouTube playlist by the Nintendo account that has like high quality uh, music soundtracks to the games. You know, mm-hmm. there's like, there's not, and so like the YouTuber, his name is Gilva Sunner. He literally takes these like official uh, like CD rips and he makes it, he puts it out there publicly and with, with playlists and everything. He uploads it to YouTube. He creates its own playlist and he doesn't monetize it. He it's literally free. It's like you don't. He doesn't benefit from it. He's just trying to you know put do the world a service. You know put a 
put Nintendo's games uh, music out there for the world to listen to. And and if Nintendo can copyright claim it, which they which they're more than welcome to, uh, any ads that play in front of it, those all of those ad 100% of the ad revenue goes to Nintendo. But Nintendo doesn't like money, so they would rather just see that get deleted off of YouTube than f you know put out an official like Spotify or anything that or any official way to listen to these soundtracks. There is no official way to listen to these soundtracks. Yeah. So all of this, it's like so know. sad, but like all of this is just. It makes sense. It's like it's consistent with the way that they've behaved in the past about this stuff. It seems like they're getting worse, right? Like you would have hoped that by now they'd be getting better with that kind of stuff. But it seems like they're getting worse. And I agree with you. It's ridiculous. And it you can't, you know, I know that rules are rules and they exist, they exist and that kind of stuff. But when, when, when breaking the rule is beneficial to both parties and it's not hurting anybody. And in some cases, it's even, you know, benefiting uh, other people, benefiting charities and et cetera. And you as a company can have the choice of, you know, whether you want to intervene or just look the other way and let it happen. It's crazy that they make a point to intervene every time in all of these instances. <laughs> yeah. The Splatoon one was kind of crazy uh, because it's like Nintendo touts about how they, they are supporting, officially supporting like Splatoon. And I think there's like something to be said about Splatoon 2 and, and, and ARMS because I don't believe that for a second that those communities couldn't exist on their own. I'm not sure that those games are big enough to sustain and run themselves independently like the Smash scene does. Mm-hmm. Um, so the like a lot, and that's not that's not a knock against those games, by the way, because that's the same is true about every fighting game community. So like you don't see like a, a very big Street Fighter Four community because people um, Capcom makes people migrate to Street Fighter Five, right? Because it benefits them for themselves, and the Capcom Pro Tour is run by Capcom. Right. They are going to promote their newest things. So. You know, that's there that's why, you know, the whole Marvel versus Capcom situation. Anyways, I'm just gonna I'm getting off track here. But what I'm saying is, um the Nintendo is literally like single handedly propping that community up with their official events. And the fact that they are then doing this and sliding them is a huge like what the WTF, you know, it's uh, I don't know. It's just there is there is literally like no good look. There's no positive spin on it. I mean uh, you know, legality aside, I mean, like you just, there are just certain things that, you know, you just, you have to think a little bit more practical and, you know, what's, you know, how your fans are going to respond to it. I've seen a lot of people wanting to boycott Nintendo, you know, and like not buy, not purchase their products. I think they make good products, but you know, their business practices are a little bit backwards and rooted in old, old timey thinking and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And, you know, I, the, the whole boycotting thing is, I never know how I to feel about that because I, I don't know how effective it can be. It, it can definitely be effective, but they need to know why you're boycotting, right? Like, so if you if you simply go and don't buy Breath of the Wild 2, there's no reason why they wouldn't just take that as, well, it looks like we messed up with that game. It looks like that game wasn't good enough. You know what I mean? So it's, it's interesting how, like, as a consumer, how can you send the message that you want to send? And I, I feel like being vocal about it on social media and messaging Nintendo and it's probably one of the best things that we can do other than, of course, boycotting it if you want to boycott it, but... Yeah, it's hard to believe that those things are, are going to change much, I think. I, I, I would love for them to, but I'm a bit skeptical of it. All right, let's get into some extra news. All right. Number one, Aspire Media announced that it's releasing a newly updated version of the 2004 cult classic RPG Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 The Sith Lords for iPhone, iPad, and Android. Number two. Sony's long-awaited Metal Gear Solid adaptation looks to have gained some major momentum as sources tell Deadline that Oscar Isaac is attached to play Solid Snake in the film. 
Number three, Insomniac Games has added a new performance mode to Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales on PlayStation 5 that adds the ability to play at 60 frames per second along with ray tracing. And number four, Xbox Game Pass is coming to iOS in spring 2021. It's going to be doing that throughout a uh, a web app as we've been as we've mentioned in the show before. <laughs> the runaround. So anything yeah. that you want to mention about those lists? Mm. Well, I think that Oscar Isaac would make a hell of a good solid snake. <laughs> I've seen some mock-ups and stuff, so yeah. that's I, I'm I approve. Um I, I'm not I am pretty I'm just genuinely surprised that that uh Marvel uh Marvel's Spider Man Miles Morales on PlayStation Five didn't already have a performance mode. I would just naturally assume that there was going that should have just been there at launch. So I'm a little surprised mm-hmm. by that. Yeah, with these console with this these console launches, I'm constantly every week I'm surprised about the things that we find out that we're not already there. <laughs> the, these, these things that get announced, it's like, oh, Series <laughs> X and S like, optimization. You intuitively to think it's going to be there. And it's like, wait, what? That wasn't already there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Let's go ahead and check this out. Check this out. All right, Louis. So I... I just have two fun ones on this one. So as you continue your search for the PS5 and a lot of other people also continue their search on the PS5, you got to be careful with what can happen because uh, one of the stories that I brought in is a Utah, a Utah man calls the police after PS5 eBay order turns out to be concrete. So he just, uh, this guy bought a, a PS5 on eBay for $878 and he received a block of concrete instead. Um, a bricked console. <laughs> yes, definitely. It had been placed within a legitimate PS5 cardboard box, and the concrete ruse was not discovered until this was opened. It's enough to leave anyone stony faced. Ha ha. I just wanted to just throw. Just just really wanted to give a shout out to a friend of the show, Tom Phillips. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> good, good on the puns yeah. there. And then the other one is that this is like straight out of a Fast and Furious movie or something. But gangs are breaking into fast moving lorries. Is it lorries? Lorries? To steal uh, PS5s. And, hmm. So, uh, never seen that word before. Over the weekend, the Times has reported that deliveries of PlayStations, TVs, cosmetics, mobile phones, and cigarettes have all been raided in recent months using a stunt known as the rollover. This involves gangs using multiple cars to box in a lorry going at speeds of up to 50 miles per hour. One gang member climbs out secured by rope through a sunroof or modified hatch, then uses cutting tools or a crowbar to break into the lorry, climb aboard, and throw out the goods. This is literally the plot line of the That's, very yeah, first Fast and Furious first, movie. <laughs> the very first plot Fast and the Furious. They were stealing some DVDs and stuff like that. Yes. DVD players, excuse me. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Damn. <laughs> you know what's kind of crazy is uh, there's then uh, there's another PS5 uh, story that made the rounds as well, where like uh, somebody you know they bought a PS5 uh, secondhand or whatever like from a scalper, and it turns out it was stolen and reported stolen, and like the Sony like disabled the PS5 remotely from like being able to access its services oh, and really? stuff like that, That's making cool. the console effectively useless. Uh, so I just wanted to say, man, you don't don't buy from scalpers, and also you you also could buy a stolen PS5. Yeah. So that's there true. you go, and that's gonna you're gonna get a, a bricked console, you know, when you when you connect, or in some cases you'll just get a brick. It's all, it all <laughs> kind of comes together, full circle. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Lewis. And on that fun note, I'll let you take over the show. Oh, you forgot about the ditto. You made a Pokemon so far. No, you missed my note where I said I was gonna cut that out, but since you mentioned Damn. it anyway, here we go. So yeah. there's a. Uh, 
the this was reported by Kotaku and I thought it was cute, so I just threw it in there. But I, I was ultimately gonna cut it out because I didn't think people would have cared. But you know, it looks like you cared, Louis, so we can we can yeah. do this for you. But yeah, there's a there's a Ditto sofa that you can buy and it's pretty cute. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm considering it, although it does cost two hundred and fifty dollars. Jesus Christ. You know, I honestly would rather that's that's almost as much as a, as a Snorlax beanbag chair, <laughs> which I've been wanting. That would probably be preferred. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What are you buying? So a little bit light on releases here. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and just read this blurb here really quickly here. Uh, it's the collection of Saga uh, Final Fantasy Legend. It's from the Nintendo Switch. It's going to be out on December 15th, which is on Tuesday. Um, it is a celebration of the like SAGA series. Uh, 30th anniversary. It's the first three games in the series that are coming to the Nintendo Switch in one collection. So it features the uh, the fir- the popular first installment, uh, the first installment of the series, the, fi- the the Final Fantasy Legend, which was the first Game Boy RPG to sell over a million units. And then of course you got Final Fantasy Legend 2, Final Fantasy Legend 3, and it has all these enhancements and stuff like you know these uh, vertical and screen integration, all that stuff. And uh, I'm not gonna get into all that those specifics and stuff, but basically it's a cool little collection if you're big big on the, those Game Boy classics. Um, also on um, actually on December 16th we have uh, Marvel Realm of Champions on iOS and Android and. Uh, MXGP 2020 on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, PC um, on December 16th as well. And lastly, GTA update is going to be dropping on Tuesday, December 15th. I actually so, think there's a lot of uh, different updates that will be dropping next week, by the way. On, uh, you know, there's GTA, but then I also think the the Fall Guys update will also be dropping next oh, yeah. week. And perhaps even the Among Us one. I don't, there, if you play any of these live service games, you might want to check out what's going to be, where they're going to be doing for Christmas. Because there's going to be a lot of different content drops happening next week. I bet your Apex is doing something and we just didn't really hear about it. But yeah, you're right. Uh I wouldn't be surprised if Red Dead Online is doing something and like mm-hmm. basically all these all these live services are always gonna have like seasonal things going on. So I mean, yeah, that's probably gonna go without saying we just don't have anything on, on reports. Plus some of these things were just literally announced just like hours ago of of recording. So Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. Got a selection of good things and sales right. All right, Broke Gamers Guide. So we got a lot going on here. So number one, uh, we're going to, as always, we always start with the free games on the Epic Game Store. So right now we have Pillars Pillars of Eternity Definitive Edition. It's free right now until December 17th, as well as uh, Tyranny Gold Edition. Now here's the thing. Now, I, I, before we get into the blurb here, we have a mystery game that's unlocking in six days and 10 hours. It's counting down right now. So the fact that it's it's gift wrapped with this like little emoji, this little like image going on, means that it's going to be a hype like s tier game so, so just throwing it out there yeah i mean the last time this happened like the first time this happened earlier this year was gta 5 right so you know it's got to be at that s class like s tier class all right so pillars of eternity experience the game that revitalized the classic rpg genre in a complete and definitive package that includes every expansion bonus and update presenting pillars of eternity at its best so next up, we have a, a new GameStop sale that brings back some of Black Friday's uh, best deals uh, going on. So you can see, like, The Last of Us Part Two is as for $30, Ghost of Tsushima's for $40, Resident Evil 3 for $23. Uh, so looks like, a, um, you know, GameStop wants your business, so go ahead and give it to them. Do you have anything that you wanted to cover Dude, or say or Civ shout out? 6 is just $10, and that's, that's one of those games that, like... On the Nintendo Switch, yeah. of all things. I used to be a huge fan of uh, Civilization, by the way, but the last one I played was five and i i've been wanting to play six forever but there's just way too many games and other things that i like to play nowadays so i just i just have never gotten to it and i whenever i am it's on sale all the time and whenever i'm tempted to buy it i always go like well but am i really gonna have time to play it and i just don't 
Uh, but <laughs> yeah, this is like, true. this is as tempting as it can get. Like $10 and on the Switch. So, you know, getting a, a physical edition in a cartridge on the Switch, unless this is some kind of digital sale. Um, that's no, crazy. No, I think it's a physical sale. It's GameStop. But also, like, I just wanted to say, the reason why I said on the Nintendo Switch is because the Nintendo Switch is known for this thing called the Switch tax. Yes. So, like, you're you're going to see a deal like that, but on other platforms, but on the Switch, it's not going to be like that. So, like, you can get, like, you know, during Black Friday, you can get Doom Eternal for, like, 20 bucks, but, like, you're going to get it, like, Doom Eternal right now for 60 on the Switch, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Bioshock, the collection on Switch is 20 bucks. Uh, which of course we we played one of those games in the collections already for for Ready Press Play. But yeah, no, this is a this is a pretty good deal going on here. They 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 got some good markdowns here. So I see Horizon Zero Dawn. If you want to get caught up on that for ten bucks, which I think is Horizon Zero Dawn, maybe you might want to pass up on that if you got PS Plus on the PS Five that true. collection though. So but yeah, good good stuff though, good stuff. Um, next up we have a buy one get one half off uh, Switch games at Target. So these are like the official Nintendo uh, first-party games, like your Mario U Deluxe, your Mario Odyssey, your Yoshi's Craft the World, Mario Maker 2s, all those good stuff. They're all marked down. They're like $49.99. And I see, uh, let's see, I see a couple at $59.99. I see Mario Tennis Aces at $37.49. And the That's thing is one. that with the buy one, get one half off here is that if you get, for instance, two games that uh, normally that cost $50, so if you got Super Mario Party, and Splatoon 2, for instance, uh, that would end up being $75 in total. So you're really paying about, you know, $35 per game uh, instead. So it's uh, it can be a pretty good deal if you're looking into uh, these games. Yep, yep. And uh, let's see here. Next up, we have a uh, the Game Awards has uh, a lot of sales going on, as they do every year. I've, I've, uh, I've talked about it before. But basically, uh, there's a Game Awards Switch sale that has kicked off once the Game Awards started. So, like, I see Fire Emblem Three Houses is, like, the headliner here. Um, let's see. I don't know if I don't see the price for Fire Emblem Three Houses in this article. But, basically, check out all the shops, basically. I just wanted to say the Nintendo eShop, the Xbox Live uh, uh, shop, the PlayStation Store, all three of them have uh, partnered sales going on. So, all your nominees and stuff like that, like your Assassin's Creed Valhalla's and stuff like that, you just... Go in there, pick them up at a deal. You know, so. I'm looking at the sale on the eShop right now, and I'll tell you that the Fire Emblem Three Houses deal is, is kind of bullshit because <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's up for fifty five ninety nine. Um, oh, that's not really much. But of a the sale. weird thing is that they're saying that it's marked down from seventy nine ninety nine. So I don't. That doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe maybe it's some kind of special edition, but it doesn't say anything. Um, mm. Then they have super. Unless yeah. it's like uh, unless it's like bundled with like the season pass or some kind of DLC thing or something like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Go take a look at that if you're uh, interested. Um, I don't see anything. I'm looking at like the PS Plus or the PlayStation's uh, eShop sale. I'm not really seeing anything that's catching my eye. Like I feel like I've saw better Black Friday deals. Like I even bought Star Wars Squadron for like 17 bucks on Amazon for during Black Friday, but here it's at 23.99. Um, so like these games are tech, are marked down, but you know they're just not as aggressive. Yeah. Um, the shoutouts that I'll give I'll give a few shoutouts here just so that we don't leave it uh leave it empty. But uh, Jedi Fallen Order 23.99, Doom Eternal 19.79. Uh, those are probably some of the some of the better deals here. Persona Five Royal, thirty bucks. You know, a lot of them are not as good as the Black Friday deals. But you know, if you miss something on Black Friday, there's a chance that you can still get it for relatively cheap. So you might want to take a look at it. Yeah, like I picked up Marvel's Avengers for twenty five bucks on Black Friday, but here it's twenty nine ninety nine. Like they're they're like they're hitting they're they're definitely marked down. So I'm not we're not gonna just I don't want to mean a poo poo a sale a sale is a sale. But yeah, Black Friday is way more aggressive. So. Uh, still, still, there's a, this is a good end of year stocking stuffer type situations going on. If you're getting a loved one a console, you know, there you go, boom. Um, or you're getting a console for yourself, there you go. 
So that's the that's pretty much it for for Broke Gamer's Guide. So yeah. It is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Press Play. Remember, you can reach the podcast at readyplaynetwork.com or simply at Ready Press Play on Twitter or on TikTok. I'm on Twitter at Lima and Lewis. At Chocolaka88. That's right. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show, and all that good stuff. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>